Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor with Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Devin Hassan, sports editor for the Mesquite News and the Rowlett Lakeshore Times, as well as Justin Thomas, who's the sports editor for our Denton County Papers. And gentlemen, let's talk the varsities. For the last time, um, we, uh, you know, our, our annual high school sports awards, the varsities, those conclude this week. Um, as has been the case for these past two Mondays, we're going to take one award um, for this current iteration of the varsities, bring that to the open air, uh, discuss who we picked for that category, who were the other teams that were in contention, what was the thought process in our uh, in our eventual decisions, and uh, yeah, just highlight um highlight one last bit of the uh, one of the standout moments from the uh, from the 2017-18 school year. Um, first off, props to everybody for checking out the podcast over these first uh, these first two iterations of our varsities themed podcast. On um, the first week, we talked about breakthrough athletes of the year. Uh, last week, we discussed uh, performances of the year. So if you haven't had a chance to check those. At. You can go to StarLocalMedia.com to listen to those podcasts. Now um, we're down to the last week of these. We're down to the big three awards. So best male athlete, best female athlete, and the category that we're going to discuss today, best team. We're going to go through and touch on all 14 of our markets and um, and what our selections for best team were. Um, Justin, let's uh, let's just get right to it. Wherever you want to start, whichever of your markets you want to lead off with. Give me one of your best team mentions for this uh, for this iteration of the varsities. So, uh, like you said, multiple markets. So I have multiple uh, selections, and then I have one team that kind of I feel like was kind of the best team of all my markets. So I'll kind of build up to that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess we can start in uh, with my lone five uh, A team, the Colony. Okay. Um, obviously, had a big year uh, last year with the softball team winning the state championship and they didn't win it this year they actually lost in the second round but uh, I've still selected the colony softball team as my best team from the the colony um, finished second in district to prosper but obviously a really good prosper team um, I saw them play their first game it was pretty competitive prosper ended up winning by four in the last inning but really good game so um, didn't get the district title but finished second and then as I said lost in the second round of the playoffs but they lost to the team that won the state championship yeah. for so no really uh, shame there and bowing out to the uh, eventual state champ and you know going down in the last inning on a rundown so you know they were right there taking almost took 40 to three games the eventual champ so I took uh, the county softball and kind of what really set them over for the edge to me was just the um, when looking at the other teams at the colony just the individual talent on the softball team was just ridiculous they um, you know for a team that didn't win the district how many teams don't win their district and lose in the second round and have four players make the all-state team wow <laughs> so, like, <laughs> when you put it that way yeah <laughs> so yeah pretty uh pretty good or actually three i think um jada coleman Ma madison hirsch and zaria steiner jada coleman that's uh, and, uh, uh, jc yeah. hamlin also yeah. so it was four yeah mm -hmm. so um four all-state players multiple superlative winners all district mm -hmm. players stuff like that so i picked the colony softball team again because you had no shortage of like viable candidates for that award this year yeah they made the playoffs in every, every sport. sport i think the girls basketball team actually went around they further went one round further than everybody else but they didn't play a state champion in the yeah. second round so that's why i went with the softball team to be fair devin how about you man where did you land on uh, either rowlett or mesquite you know i had a lot of a lot of 
I guess contenders for the for the crown, so to speak. Um, a lot of them with pretty similar reasons. I mean, you had you had teams like uh, the Saxony football team that entered the season with huge expectations and, and lived up to them for the most part. You know, they didn't go as far as they would have liked, but they did make school history. They advanced past the area around for the first time ever. Obviously, started the season twelve and zero. You had teams that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, or I shouldn't say nowhere because Horn's been a perennial playoff team in, in, in football, uh, but they weren't expected to win the district championship. I think in the preseason. Uh, Coaches poll, they were picked third, uh, but they, you know, jumped on Longview in the in the season opener with a kind of an eye-opening blowout win. Uh, Longview obviously you know, had won ten of the last eleven district championships, and Horn ended up, ends up going undefeated. And so it was a nice, it was a nice story out there. Uh, they made a run to the area finals, uh, uh, you know, like I say, but kind of an unexpected run in the district title. And then you had kind of teams that have been doing this a while. Uh, that's kind of where I put the Sunnyvale girls basketball team in. This is you know, this is a program that's four years removed from a state title, uh, but they make it back to the regional tournament where they lose by one in a, in a heartbreaking fashion. Uh, but when it comes down to it, the team of the year uh, is, is the Saxony Girls basketball team. Uh, you know, they made it to the state tournament for the first time ever. You know, this is a program that's, that's enjoyed a lot of success. They've been in the playoffs 10 of the last 12 years. Uh, they, they just won their third consecutive district championship in an undefeated fashion. Uh, but when you looked at him, and you even talking to uh, Coach Don McCullough uh, early on in the season, this was a team that a lot of people thought was a year away. Uh, they started a pair of juniors in Avery Krause and Tia Harvey, and then three sophomores, Jayla Brooks, Kayla Demas, and Adel Tack. So, you know, you just look at the, the inexperience, even though a lot of these kids played as freshmen and sophomores, it's still, you know, you, you kind of, when you just, you know, given it the eye test on the roster, you say, okay, this is a team that next year is going to have a chance to be really good. Uh, but they kind of grew up, you know, before our eyes, uh, so to speak. Again, they, they've had some success in the playoffs going around or two. They actually made a regional final back in 2012. Um, so, you know, they, they're cruising through district, you know, I mean, they really weren't challenged, except for they had one game that was a five-point game in the first half of district, and they won every, every other game by double double figures. But you wonder, in that district, how that's going to translate to the to the playoffs. They, they start out with an a easy win over Lake Highlands, and then they beat Horn uh, 76-59, a very good, very athletic Horn team that was a co-district champion uh, in 11-6A, and, and I thought that was kind of a, a statement win for them. Uh, they followed up with a win over Tyler Lee that I think everybody, you know, pretty much just see what was going to happen. Um, they advanced to the regional tournament for the first time, and that's when they kind of caught the magic. Uh, they played Pflugerville in that regional semifinal <laughs> game, and Pflugerville is up 27-4 to early in the second quarter, and it looks like Saxe is not even, I mean, they didn't even get off the bus. And so you thought, okay, well, that was a, that was a nice story. They made a nice run of the regional tournament. They've got all these kids back. They can learn from this. Well, they go on to outscore them 64-29 to from that point. I mean, it was just a completely different game. They end up winning 68-56. They ended up winning going away by double figures after being down 23 early in the second quarter. And that's when you thought this team, this team might have something special. It might be on one of those proverbial magical rides. Um, so they really outscored them by 35 points the rest of the way then. Yeah, yeah. It was it was wow. two completely different games in, in domination on one end and then complete domination on the other end. It was one of the most unbelievable turnarounds mid-game that I've ever seen. Uh, they carry that momentum over to the next day where they beat Fleurville Henderson 67-63 to advance, like I say, to the state tournament for the first time. Um, and then really, I, you know, I was down there in San Antonio covering the state tournament, uh, so I got to see all three games um, that were played there down there, and, and, and Saxe proved they could, they belonged. I mean, they, they, they were they were leading in the fourth quarter against Commerce Judson, the Commerce Judson team that pushed Plano to the very limit the following day before Plano was able to, to come out on top. But... Um, 
You know, Saxe eventually falls 71 to 66. But again, just a, a tremendous job. Like I said, they, they just they caught they got hot at the right time. They just you know kind of rode that wave of momentum through the uh, through the playoffs. And again, all all five starters will be back next season. And they also have a couple younger kids, freshmen that contribute for them this year. So Saxe coming in next year, maybe the team of the year next year as well. When um when has there ever been a time when a Saxe team entered the entered a season as the uh, you know thinking kind of a because I imagine it's got to be state tournament or bust for that team now heading into in the next season. I wonder if Sachs has ever had a team with that level of expectation heading into a into a year. Ba- ba- <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, ba- based on um, what they did this past season, uh, probably not. They'll probably be uh, you know top, top five. Yeah, their football team this past year was state ranked. You know, preseason. Uh, you know, their girls soccer program has been nationally ranked before, as well as their boys soccer program back in the day. But their girls program is, has been pretty steadily nationally ranked. I mean, this is you know that's a that's a team that you know has, has been going twenty three and one, twenty three and two. They were undefeated in regular season a couple of years ago before losing to to Highland Park when Highland Park was a six A program. Um, so I mean, those teams. But but yeah, as far as it, by that same token, Saxby's never made the state tournament in soccer. Yeah. Now that they've gotten that close and with what they have returning, now this is probably going to be the team the team at Saxby that, that carries the highest expectations of any coming into a, a new season. My uh, so the thing with um with my three markets, Plano, Allen, and Lake Cities, is that those those markets actually got two selections for this because both Taylor Raglan and I, you know, write for those papers. So in a sense, so when I give my selections, you know, we had enough vi- you know enough viable candidates in all three markets to where my selections and Taylor selections were all different. So um, for the first of mine, I'm going to touch on uh, my pick for Lake Cities. Um, you know, this was uh, the story of 2017-18 for Lake Dallas Athletics was kind of a uh, just a redemption year. After they, I mean, just as an athletics program, really took it on a ch- on the chin in District 14-5A that first year. They only had one one sport that made the playoffs, and that was volleyball. The very first postseason of the eight standing sports. So after that, it was just everybody went home early. Um, so I mean, they, you know, much better, uh, you know, much better turnout though. They made the playoffs in five sports in 2017-18. Um, much more familiar than you know with what folks around that area are accustomed to seeing. And the squad that got that all rolling was the football team, as far as kind of embodying that uh, that bounce back um, mentality that Lake Dallas Athletics had. And that was my pick for uh, for best team. Um, you know, the Falcons, they went 7-5. Uh, you know, they finished second in District 14-5A, and no small feat after finishing, you know, fifth the year before. They scored, you know, a number of very uh, very key key wins, you know, avenged some losses, some big losses against schools like the Colony, against Little Elm. Um, it was just a fun team to cover, a fun team to watch, period. I mean, you kind of got a, a, a snoot full of that, but very first, uh, the very first game that I covered of theirs last season was that Second week against Frisco Centennial, one of the one of the crazier games that I've covered. We've talked about just the the wild finish there, and that was um that kind of uh, set a bit of a, a tone for the uh, for the year. Lake Dallas had a real penchant for uh, survival in close quarters. I believe not, it was against uh, Centennial, the Colony, Little Um, and then their playoff win against Reedy. In um in all four of those games, they were either tied or trailed at some point in the fourth quarter. Um, so they just really developed a knack for winning close games and doing so in pretty uh, pretty entertaining fashion. They're a fun team to watch, as they always will be. Um, that offense, very dynamic, led by Ryan Depperschmidt, a quarterback, Kylie Smith, the running back, and then uh, 
Brandon Anglin, Christian Covington as the uh, at the receivers. Um, it was a team that really uh, kind of made good on the potential that they showed at times the year before. But again, it was winning those close games that kind of got away from them. Like that little um, the game, you know, the season before was a pretty. Uh, I mean, the game that essentially knocked them out of the playoffs in 2016. You know, able to you know kind of grow up and learn from that, and then to see it all materialize and finishing second in the district, having an outside shot at winning the district title heading into that final week against Prosper. Um, ultimately, though, the Falcons do make the playoffs. They um, they were one of, I believe, them and the boys' soccer team were the only programs in Lake Dallas that won a playoff game. Um, you know, Lake Dallas beat Frisco Reedy 37-34. Very good game there. And, um, and now, yeah, I mean, they... Had a uh, just another another strong season to return to form. This is a program that has been Lake Dallas's model of consistency. They've uh, made the playoffs all but three times since 1998. So just to get back on track the way that they did last year, and then kind of the tone that that sets for heading into this coming season when they uh, you know they get started in District 75A Division Two, where they should theoretically contend for the district title. Just a strong year for Lake Dallas football, and that was that was my pick for uh, for the best team out of uh, out of Lake Dallas. Justin, another one of your markets. Where do you want to go? We'll jump up to 6A now, and we'll start with uh, Coppell. And kind of whereas the Colony, um, my pick didn't have the furthest playoff run, my pick for Coppell actually was Coppell had five teams that won district championships, and this wasn't one of them. But wow. I picked uh, Coppell's boys soccer team because of what they were able to do in the postseason. Um, Wait, they didn't, they didn't win the district title? No, really? Richardson Pierce did. Richardson Pierce did, yeah, wow. So, um, but yeah, they picked their play up in the postseason, and they got back to the state tournament for the fourth time in six seasons. So that's pretty, uh, pretty strong uh, finish there. And yeah. another note for the Coppell boys team is this was their first season under head coach James Balcom. Um, Chad Rakestraw had taken them to the state, you know, three times in five years with two state titles. But he went to Marcus. So James Balcom, he was an assistant under Rakestraw at Coppell before going out to the uh, Northwest ISD School District. But he came back and then took the Cowboys to uh, the state tournament. And they were just awesome in the playoffs. They made, before the losing to Reagan in the semifinals, they didn't allow a goal in the playoffs. Wow. So they went through uh, their first five matches. They outscored their opponents 12-0. to zero And kind of like the Colonies team, this is a pretty uh, notable individuals on this squad. Um, Jeremy Basso was first team All-State. And he was the defensive MVP. Wyatt Priest was second team All-State. And he was the offensive MVP from 9-6-A. Not quite sure how he didn't get MVP. I guess just because <laughs> they didn't win the district. They gave it to a district winner. But then uh, Austin Simigin, the goalie, and Andrew Centillion were also All-State players. So four All-Staters for the Cowboys as well. All right. Well, let's see. My pick for, uh, for Plano. Obviously, it helps when, you know, the only... You know, team in PISD to win a state championship this previous school year. That'll oftentimes be the tiebreaker in uh, in discussions like this. Um, to no surprise, you know, the Plano girls basketball team was my pick for the uh, for the best team out of Plano ISD. Um, obviously, they uh, you know they won their first ever state championship this past uh, fall, as Devin alluded to earlier. Um, they did so by uh, it was it's you know trying to think back and try to what to make of of the year that was for Plano senior girls basketball and just the kind of the road that they've taken over the years to get to this point. This was a process that began back in 2015 which um, you know, was both the first season um, at head coach for Rodney Belcher plus the first year on varsity for two of his um, you know, his only two four-year uh, lettermen uh, Katie Farrell and Emma Halverson players that started right from the moment they stepped foot in the program and when you see a team that starts two freshmen right out of the gates you're thinking oh, wow okay this is I mean they've for a school
people like Plano, you know, it has I mean so many, you know, such a such a talent pool to draw from. When you see you know two freshmen crack the starting rotation for a basketball team, you're thinking, okay, these kids might, uh, you know, they might have something here with what this team could become. Um, that year, ironically enough, they actually sent a bit of a, a bit of a minor shockwave through this community with um, with defeating Duncanville in the second round of the playoffs. They advanced to the regional quarters that year. I believe it was Lauren Cox and Flower Mound that uh, that knocked them out. Mm -hmm. But you got to see kind of the the potential right there with at least those two players and kind of what Plano was uh, was building to. And then with each year, you know, they uh, they added another piece. I believe it was the following year when uh, when Lolo Davenport transferred from John Paul and uh, and joined the team. And then the following year, uh, you know, last season 2016-17 was when you know players like Jordan Merritt and Zaria Collins and Sophie Fighters really took on big roles on varsity. And then heading into this season, you had the rare situation with kind of like what Saxe has, where you had the entire team coming back and um, just wondering what they might be able to do with all of that uh, that continuity and all that experience. It was a team that did have to uh, you know shake off a bit of a uh, a bit of a bugaboo. They had uh, you know they were beaten pretty soundly in the second round the year prior by South Grand Prairie. Um, so they were, were going to have to go through Region 1. I mean, Region 1 was going to be a murderer's row no matter which uh, you know which teams made the playoffs. And sure enough, I mean, looking at the, uh, at that playoff run, I mean, they took down three teams from District 7-6A, which was it's kind of thought of as kind of the bell cow district as far as, you know, DFW and maybe even the state of Texas as far as girls basketball goes. The district with Duncanville, DeSoto, Cedar Hill, those are three teams that Plano had to see within the first five rounds of the playoffs and um, you know I think back to their uh, I believe their mantra at the start of the season every team has their you know their catchy little slogan that's on the t-shirts and whatnot but theirs was defend to the end or something along those lines they're, they're, it's a team that prided themselves on defense first and you know I was going back through a few of my uh, my game stories from those first uh, those first five playoff games and what stuck out was the turning point and almost in, um, at least their third, fourth, and fifth round wins against Cedar Hill Friendship and Duncanville. All three games had a defining sequence that was determined by the defense. You had against Cedar Hill. Against Cedar Hill, Plano actually trailed the majority of that game and was uh, was down midway through the third quarter, 33-30. to 30. Um, And then they allowed just three baskets the rest of the game. And they ended up, you know, winning that thing going away. Um, against Friendship, they were only up 28-25 to 25 at the half against a Friendship team that was wasn't state ranked. This was a game that Plano was, you know, a fairly sizable favorite, you know, going in, and Friendship was able to hang tough. Um, you know, but Plano played a zone. You know, Friendship was able to, you know, spread them out and, you know, knock down some threes to, you know, kind of offset the, you know, the purpose of that zone. But um, so Plano decided to switch things up at the half, go back to man to man. Uh, they started switching on screens, and then as a result of that, they um, they held Friendship scoreless for seven full minutes of, uh, of game time. And then against Duncanville, you know, kind of the uh, with the exception of the uh, the state championship win against Judson, kind of a hallmark win for that team. Anytime you get a win over Duncanville, it's a big deal. Ironically enough, that senior class, at least those two, uh, you know, Farrell and uh, Halverson, as I mentioned earlier, they beat Duncanville twice during their high school careers. How many kids can say that? <laughs> um, and against Duncanville, you know, I forget, I was thinking back to the game, and Duncanville just came out guns blazing, looking like the Duncanville that you'd expect, you know, most times with a birth to the state tournament on the line. And then after the first quarter, Duncanville made just nine shots the rest of the game. They committed 23 turnovers total. So, I mean, Plano's defense was just devastating when it mattered most throughout the throughout the postseason. It was a team that, on paper, kind of had that makeup. I mean, it's, they would, I mean, they could trot out lineups where every player on the court was, you know, 5'10 to 6'2. I mean, just teams don't have that kind of size and length outside of a team like Duncanville. And Plano was able to really maximize that potential on defense, really stay true to that uh, to that team slogan. Um, this team had a d had depth that. 
you know, you got to see a bit at the, uh, at the state tournament, Devin, and you could probably speak to this a bit better since you were covering the games down in San Antonio, but, you know, in years past, you know, Coach Belcher often kept a pretty tight rotation. Sometimes the only thing that would, uh, you know, force one of those starters to the bench was foul trouble. I mean, so they, I mean, there were times when Plano would maybe play six players, maybe seven, but, um, you know, they were able to, you know, Coach Belcher opened the rotation a bit up, up a bit more this season, and then it really, uh, once they got back Lolo Davenport, you know, midway through the playoffs, you really got to see what a uh, what an advantage that was. I, um, I went back through them um, at the state tournament, Devin, and um, against their win, their wins over Cy Creek and Judson, the bench outscored the opponents 42 to six. Um, what are your? I mean, uh, just if you can tag, let me just piggyback on this. Just if you think back to you know when you were down in San Antonio, and just what were your impressions of uh, of the eventual Class Six A state champions? Well, I, I think you know you just mentioned the bench. That was one thing that that I had done, you know researching and talking to you before I, before I went down there. You know, and how long was Lolo Davenport out for? She's out for six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah, but six you, you, you the, mentioned, you from mentioned the second half of district on through like the first three rounds of the playoffs. You know, that, that team had to learn how to play without her. Yeah. And bring her back and then bring her off the bench to run that second unit, so to speak, or to just to, to, as, a, as a fresh, you know, fresh legs off the bench, uh, just added a, a, an entirely different dimension. And I think you saw that because, again, especially on that stage, um, you know, early on they're going to try to substitute in and out because you're trying to keep your nerves intact in as well. But when you can pull Lolo Davenport out to run, quote unquote, the second unit uh, against the, the other team's second unit, they don't have that kind of talent yeah. coming off the bench. Uh, so I guess just being able to use her and as well as the other players, you know, on that bench, because like you say, they, they weren't a six-man rotation. They they went seven, eight, nine yeah. people deep, and. Um, you know, when you just look at, at the teams that they played, uh, they didn't have that kind of depth, and so you know that that state those stages early in the second quarter, you know, early in the fourth quarter, when a lot of times you're resting your starters mm -hmm. for the final push, um, that was when Plano really was kind of able to assert themselves. Uh, Justin, what, uh, let's see, we've got uh, what, we have Carrollton and Louisville and Flower Mound to go. Which uh, yeah, we'll go with uh, Flower Mound okay. and yeah, another team that didn't win the district title, but I'm selecting uh, because <laughs> district titles mean nothing. Yeah, <laughs> Season one, sometimes they really don't, hollow achievement. especially in these districts. Um, I'm going to pick Marcus Girls' soccer team. Um, Again, tough, made to a, tough to believe that yeah. they did not win that district yeah, when you look at what they did in the postseason. South Lake Carroll actually won the yeah. district. Um, gave strong consideration to Marcus's track team that uh, finished second, mm -hmm. but we've kind of touched on them in this series earlier, so I wanted to give a little love to the girls' soccer team, um, partly because maybe this is kind of a career-type award because... They've had a, a roster with some veteran players that have kind of been looking towards getting to the state. You know, each year, you know, they kind of had the state aspirations and came up short. Mm -hmm. So, uh, really happy to see Marcus's girls team kind of get over that regional hump and get back to state. And like I said, they have some players like uh, Taylor Moon, Maddie Algia, Katie Brown, Katie Himperlier that are four-year varsity players. So, they've been together for a while and, you know, big expectations every year. And this year, they finally got over the hump. And they, uh, they almost pulled it off. They get to the state finals after beating Katie Cinco Ranch in shootout in the state semifinals. So thrilling win there, but they just couldn't keep it going in the finals. But another uh, good year for Marcus girls soccer team and finally getting over that regional hump and getting back to state. And as I said, individually, you know, Taylor Moon was an All-American player. She was the district co-MVP. Maddie Algio was the midfield MVP. They're both headed to Baylor. Uh, Stephanie Starr was the top goalkeeper. And then, you know, eight or nine other players that were all district also. So just a loaded team and good to see them uh, get back to the uh, state tournament for the first time. I think 10 years maybe. Wow. So. Mine. I was going to say, it, although I did have one team for my 
you know, for Northeast Dallas County. Yeah. Uh, I will real quick just to throw in because we're talking about district champions or the lack thereof. <laughs> uh, I, I will say the Mesquite Boys Soccer. I'll give yeah. them a little love. Uh, they were district champions. They actually they they led nearly wire to wire last year. Um, before getting overtaken by Rockball in the final day of this regular season. So that was a huge goal for them, uh, was to win the district championship, and they did it this year. Um, and then I'm, I, I mentioned them because um, they are the only Mesquite ISD team to make it three rounds deep in the playoffs nice. all year long. Um, so they, they came out, like it's said, as the district champions, they beat Lufkin in the first mm-hmm. round, beat Nangan Forest in the second round before running into a, a red-hot Coppell team uh, in the regional quarterfinals. But, um, again, I just, from a Mesquite standpoint, point yeah. like I said they, they are the only team that make it to, to get to that level this year so shout out to uh, Tony Bowles who's done a great job building that program over there and the Mesquite Boys soccer team for my pick for Allen this one was um, this one required a bit more thought because while I said um <laughs> competition you, know, <laughs> so you have a lot of competition over there with um you know with I mean I'll have a pick and then Taylor will have a pick you know later on in the podcast but it did mean for Allen that you had to leave one state champion out because Allen had the rare year where they had three you know three athletics programs win state championships um, so basically the it, it was just a lot of internal deliberation between our Allen's football team the boys basketball team <laughs> and the wrestling team you know with two of those you know it's kind of become commonplace you know you've been I mean, the wrestling team won its ninth consecutive state championship so as far as kind of how to kind of the, an elimination process um, so to speak you know with these these programs where state championships have become a bit more commonplace you know in the football field and the wrestling mat um, you're kind of held to that standard I would think you know kind of heading into these seasons and you're you're kind of measured against what you've against how memorable that championship is so to speak like Allen's won nine state championships in wrestling they've essentially rewritten the UIL state tournament record books um, when it comes to wrestling everything from points you know total points accrued at the state meet, to, you know, margin of victory. I mean, they've, I mean, they've had some, you know. So while the 2000, you know, 17, 18 team kept that lineage going, I don't believe they. I mean, I think they've had more emphatic state tournament wins in years past over the course of this this ongoing dynasty. Um, you know, with the football team winning its fifth state championship this past year, its first since 2014, um, and. You know, you're kind of. I mean, it was a great team. I mean, everything from the, you know, from just a sheer like, you know, checklist standpoint, the 16 to no record. I mean, they were. Uh, I mean, things like the margin of victory during the playoffs, you know, was up to snuff. I mean, but they're, um, you know, compared against. I can't say that just uh, unequivocally that was the best football team that Allen has had. I mean, they're more going against. I mean, some of those those Kyler Murray teams were were great. The team that won the first title back in 08 was, you know, was great in its own right. Um, I mean, there's so much history and tradition. There. I can't say that definitively the 2017 Eagles, you know, were the best. I do know for a fact, though, that the boys' basketball team had its best year ever, and this was its best team ever, and that culminated in their first ever state championship um, in uh, what was it March? And um, I mean, they did so by beating, I think, relative to other programs. I mean, that boys' basketball team they earned every last bit of that state championship. When you look at the teams that they had to go through to get there, um, they beat five teams that were ranked in the state's top 20 heading into the postseason, including. Number one, Denton Geyer. Number two, Austin Westlake. Number seven, Duncanville. So that's three in the top ten right there. And then number 17, Katie Tompkins. And number 20, North Crowley. Um, not only did they beat great teams, but they beat just an absolute all-star cast of um, just of individual players along the way. During their playoff run, Allen defeated ten players that were ranked in the state's top 20 for their respective class. 
um, every everybody from you know Austin Westlake's group of Will Baker, uh, Matthew Mayer, uh, Brock Cunningham, and Keontae Kennedy, Denton Geyer's All Stars, Davion Harmon, Jalen Wilson, Grayson Carter. I mean, there was some. There was some talent, and you know, Allen had uh, Allen, uh, you know, relied a bit more on on depth. This was a team that, uh, you know, as I just mentioned, you know, within those, uh, you know, top ten, you know, ten players that are ranked in the state's top twenty for their respective class. Allen didn't have any players among that group. By the time the state tournament started, Allen had. I mean, you're, yeah, I mean, I just remember this. Yeah, getting there to the state tournament and looking around at all, you know, the four teams that were there, looking at their rosters, and you had, I mean, right, what I just mentioned, Westlake, which is, I mean, Westlake was like a glorified high school all-star team last year with those four kids. You had South Garland with. Tyrese Maxey, maybe the best player in the country for you know for the class of 2019. Chris Harris plus Chris Harris Jr. You had even Katie Tompkins with you know which had two of the top ten players ranked in the state with um, Jamal Bianemi and Kristen Scholand. Um, when Allen got there, Allen had two kids that were committed to play at the college level. They had Jalen Walker, you know they're. You know, the anchor of their other front court anchor. He was committed to play at uh, Navy, and then they had Jordan Neely, who's one of the scorers off the bench, committed to uh, Bethel, an NAIA school out in Kansas. Um, they, I mean, they did not have the top shelf star power that some of these other teams did. Um, instead, they uh, they they kind of had more of a strength in numbers approach. They really kind of like that play, like Plano. They you know they made great use of their uh, of their depth, you know, against some of these more top heavy teams. Um, and it, I mean, just the uh, you think of just how they were able to. You know, get on the run that they did. Um, you know, leading up prior to the state tournament, when I wrote my uh, you know a feature leading up to the uh, to their state semifinal game, the theme of it was Allen's their versatility and the the roster's ability to pretty much adapt to any style of gameplay, um, which they showed. I mean, that's a team that at its at its heart likes to run, likes to space the floor, gun threes. Um, they really do embrace that uh, kind of that up and down style that um, is so you know paramount in high school basketball. But they showed that if called upon, they could play slow. I mean. That was the obviously the big storyline from that regional finals win against Denton Geyer. When after getting you know hammered by Geyer, you know in their uh, in their second district meeting, they um, they decided to completely decided like you know what we we like to run, but so do they, and we can't run with a team like that that has that kind of size and that kind of athleticism. So they decided to just the the day of the game when they're in their hotel room, you know Coach McCullough called the uh, you know their, his captains in and said, okay, we're going to slow the game down. Are you guys okay with that? And they all bought in. They decided to grind the pace of that game to a to a snail's pace, and um, and the result was that while you had a Geyer team that you know from a sheer like just top shelf talent and star power standpoint, you know was you know overmatched Allen. Guy didn't know how to adapt. Guy didn't know how to play when you know once they uh, once Plan A went out the window, they didn't have a Plan B. And you got to see Allen kind of showcase that versatility and really control Guy in a way that no other team was able to do. Um, and they ended up you know winning that game. I want to say it was like forty to thirty six, which is insane when <laughs> you think of a Guy team that could you know could score up to a hundred points some nights. That was, was, was probably the halftime score yeah. the first time they played her. <laughs> if they were clicking. Um, so yeah, I mean they were a team that could thrive playing any number of styles. Um, they didn't have a uh, you know a traditional center. Everybody around. The team was—it's almost like almost like a modern-day NBA team when you think of like the way that the NBA is trended, where kind of the it thing now is having just a surplus of six, seven, six, eight wings that are that are switchable, can play multiple positions. Where versatility has kind of become the name of the game in the NBA. It's kind of fitting that the two teams that probably best fit that uh, that description within the um, within the state were the two teams that wound up playing for the state championship, and Allen and Tompkins, teams that you know really were kind of evenly spread across, you know, from a height 
standpoint and could play you know a number of different styles and that was what contributed to that championship game being so competitive so back and forth until um and then I mean as I mentioned the uh, the finish to that game I mean that's when I think back of just the just Allen ISD athletics for 2017-18 the finish to that championship game and just the the crazy you know everything from Jamal Bianemi you know going one-on-one -on -one against uh you know, against Jalen Scott with the game tied inside the final 10 seconds. You know, wow, Jalen Scott stonewalling one of the top players in the state, and then Jalen Walker getting the rebound, turning and heaving the outlet pass up to, you know, both uh, Donovan Parham and Isaiah Stevens just streaking down the court unguarded and wide open for a, uh, for a fast break layup in the uh, in the closing seconds of, uh, of overtime. Donovan Parham, you know, obviously was the one to, uh, to make the, uh, the game-winning layup that ultimately would get Allen its first state championship. In boys basketball that's just that's going to be the kind of the defining clip the defining highlight from you know from Allen athletics for me this past year so yeah to no surprise yeah what a what a year for the boys basketball program and that's my is my team of the year for Allen let's close this out with we got one more year's GT another state champion yep even <laughs> volleyball for the third year in a row which is a pretty big feat in its own right mm -hmm. there Amarillo is the only other team that's won three in a row at the uh, largest classification, you know, he, uh, theirs was 5A, now 6A, but uh, still was the largest there. They actually won four in a row, so Hebron's going to be trying to uh, match them this season with their fourth in a row. But yeah, three straight straight titles for uh, Hebron's volleyball team, and I guess the thing, one of the things that stands out to me is just the dominance that this team has had in the postseason. Last year, they only they didn't lose a set in the entire run to state, which is insane. This year, <laughs> they beat Dayton Geyer three to one in the by district round. Didn't lose a set the whole rest of the way after that. So shout out to Dayton Geyer, <laughs> yeah, fourth place team taking yeah. a only team to take a set off them in the playoffs the last few years. So yeah, uh, fourteen matches over the last few years, just one set loss. I think over their three state championships, I think they've lost four sets in the playoffs. So they're not just winning state, they're getting to the playoffs and dominating teams and as we've talked about, that's no small feat in this, uh, especially this Absolutely. region. Yeah. They went uh, undefeated in district. That's a district that featured a Byron Nelson team that made the regional tournament, a South Lake Carroll team oh, that yeah. they made the third round. They had their way with 6-6-8 in the yeah. first round. I was so impressed by how 5-6-8 showed out in the yeah. start of the volleyball playoffs. So yeah, but nobody could even beat Hebron in district in that conference and then just look at how they did it you know not how many teams win a state championship the year after they graduate the player of the year so yeah. Kylie McLaughlin heads off as got another one in the wings <laughs> but yeah Donna Rollins slides right in and picks up that honor this year wins a state championship MVP for the uh, second year in a row and We'll see what they can do next year. You know, they have a player like Emma Clothier, mm -hmm. who's going to be a senior. She's never lost a playoff game yet. So, <laughs> I mean, she's, that's crazy. She's yeah. going into her fourth year yeah, on varsity. She's right. been a contributor, and she doesn't know what it's like to lose in the playoffs yet. So, just a big salute to the Hebron Hawks winning three in a row, just the, way, the domination that they did in doing so. Right on. That's a look at, I guess, the, the first half of our uh, of our selections for best team for the uh, this latest edition of the varsities. We're going to do a full sale a full sale line change, bringing and, you know, Taylor Radlin, Kendrick Johnson, Brian Murphy, they're going to give their picks for their markets um, in just a bit after a word from this sponsor.
Today's Student Athlete Spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow-roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. I'm Taylor Raglan. I'll be your host uh, for this second half. We're flying uh, flying without Mount Rachel again uh, this uh, this week. So I'm joined by uh, Brian Murphy, who does sports for Frisco, Prosper, and Ruelm, and uh, Kendra Johnson, who holds down McKinney for us. And so. Salina. Yes, and Salina also. Um, we're going to, uh, I guess, finish up with our second half of our uh, varsity's discussion about uh, best team. So uh, I know we both have multiple markets. Uh, Kendrick has McKinney, and we'll uh, we'll hit on uh, all of them. So you wanted to start with uh, Frisco, Brian? Is that let's, what I heard? Let's do Frisco. Let's do the big monster first. Okay. Um, so last week when, on our podcast, we were mentioning – you know, players. I mentioned players that got snubbed. You know, yeah. I, I mentioned those guys first. I'm sure there's a lot uh, teams <laughs> that get snubbed in yeah, Frisco yeah, too. Yeah. When you have that many schools, so you know, the easy answer would be you know, Wakeland boys soccer, Wakeland girls soccer. Right. You know, two state championship squads. But I'm actually not gonna pick either one of them for best team. So I'm kind of crazy. I've been saying it all year. I think the best pound for pound Frisco team was the Lone Star girls basketball team. You know, they were ranked number three in the state. <laughs> yeah, Adriana Quesada. Mallory Adams, uh, Mia Deck, you know, head coach Katie Stinton, she's intense, the most intense, you know, girls basketball coach you'll ever see. And Rock- she does not fall on those heels. No, rocking, you know, like <laughs> four inch heels on the sideline. I don't know how she does it, but she's she's uh, she's <laughs> she's intense. And uh, you know, they're ranked number three in the state. If it wasn't for Mansfield Timberview in the regional semifinal, they would have gone to state, you know, possibly won state if if they didn't have if they weren't paired up against Timberview. Right. Uh, you know, the best 5A team, hands down, in the state in girls basketball. Right. Dynasty, you know, over the last few years. So, yeah, Lone Star girls basketball, they, you know, their, their starting lineup was ridiculous. They had the district MVP in Mallory Adams. She's off to San Diego State. You know, and they're, they're, they lose her. She's graduated, but, you know, they have, you know, a couple players I just mentioned before coming back. And, you know, just pound for pound, they were the best team. Just so dominant. You know, they're 14-0 in district play. No one in district play even came close to beating them. You know, yeah. Liberty, I think, came close, and it was like, 14 point deficit (laughs) no one could compete with them they were playing you know Canyon you know all these Argyle all these teams in non-district competing with them beating some they were playing against you know some California teams hanging with them so I I think they proved that they're the best team and I didn't want to go the easy route picking (laughs) the question is do they reload this year well, I like they lose Mallory Adams, but you know they have Quezada. They have four of their five starters returning. Four of them are juniors. So about but, but, but Mallory Adams. But Mallory Adams, that's a big blow. But I think you know the income. They'll have a strong senior core this year. So yeah. we'll see. They may not be as dominant, but they'll they'll win the district for sure. One of my programs in uh, Lake Dallas girls basketball found out uh, exactly how good Lone Star was yeah, this year. Down, so right? yeah, yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a beating for sure, and there was a little bit of a talent discrepancy, I would think, in those programs. Lake Dallas girls basketball maybe on the come up a little bit, but that was a, a good taste for them probably of what uh, the the class of five A is is like if you want to compete at that kind of level. That so, score was eighty to twenty. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was rough for the lady uh, lady Falcons. So um, I guess I'll go with another another. Uh, uh, district, I guess, one high school in Allen that has several options for for uh, who could be best team. Um, 
some three state champions, I think, off the top of my head, team-wise at least, this year with uh, wrestling um, and football and boys basketball. I know Matt, I think, went with boys basketball for best team. Uh, and I was really tempted to go with uh, wrestling because just the pure dominance and, and winning nine state championships in a row, it's kind of it's kind of hard how to... Do you, uh, how do you avoid yeah, football? You know, like you have to pick... Yeah, I think, I think that's I think that's kind of where I landed on it. It was, it was an honorable mention at the very least yeah. for wrestling, but it was almost just so expected not that Allen football is not expected to be good, uh, but at this point, it, it's it's a it's a formality for Allen mm -hmm. wrestling, and it, it's you know their goal is state or bust, just like Allen football. But it's it's been a lot less competitive, I would say. But yeah, I, my best team uh, in Allen, I give the nod to Allen football. Um, perfect season, uh, return to being state champions, a really thrilling uh, state final, uh, narrow victory. Brock Sturgis uh, was incredible in that game. They had talent, you know, across the board as Allen always does with Theo Weiss, Grant Tisdale. Um, just kind of a, a real statement season, I think, for them. Um, you know, they, they've had some down years after, you know, Kyle Murray left. Uh, they've had some, some uh, I mean, I say down, down years. years they're, they're still going for their they're standards. For their standards. They're yeah, still they're going to the, to the state yeah. semifinals or, or however far they make it every single year. But, yeah, for them to, you know, run through uh, district as they always do and then get into the playoffs and, and mm -hmm. complete the perfect season and kind of return to dominance, um, I'll give them my nod for for uh, for best team from Allen this year. But like I said, it was I mean it's a tough choice because when you have that many state champions in one year and that many dominant teams as Allen uh, or I mean as Matt kind of talked about Allen boys basketball, you know deserved everything they got, uh, deserved their state championship, had an incredible run in the postseason, and then obviously wrestling like I mentioned is just I mean it would almost be too easy too to just say you know what that's probably the best team in Allen because they mm -hmm. just literally never lose. This year at state they almost had their first day point total at state at the state wrestling meet was almost enough to win state like they were mm -hmm. they were <laughs> by the time it was said and done second place they would have almost um beat them with just what they had in the first day so that's uh the biggest of honorable mentions i guess for alan wrestling so because alan was tough frisco was tough yeah hendrick's not as tough as mckinney <laughs> no. you know there's one clear cut oh well, easily yeah. mckinney boys soccer team yeah. i feel bad for usually i watch a game regardless i'm covering a professional sport high school sport don't care who wins i just want to see some action i really felt bad for them you had parents crying when they got beat they played in a 40 mile windstorm in way out in midland west texas yeah. and the ball literally didn't bounce their way and on top of that they scored a goal that got disallowed that yeah. was clear as day T tanner binion had peeled back got back on sides Heads it in and then they took it off. So when they was, literally got robbed. When was the last time they lost a game before that? that they lost last year in the uh, first round of the um, in the by district against Southlake, but they did not lose in regulation. That's the last first time they lost in regulation in forty six games. They had some rough so, conditions throughout the playoffs this year, didn't they? Because I was out at their game against McKinney. Was that the third round of the postseason this year? That I mean, that game was nuts too. I mean, McKinney gave them a little bit of a run through money, mm -hmm. um, aided by the wind because they were playing out at at uh, Poe, I believe. And it was just it was whipping there too. So Boyd just had kind of a just one of those years, man. A little snake bit in the playoffs, and you run into some bad conditions. And like no, nah, I wouldn't say snake big did, but last year they got snake. They got beat in the first round, and it was kind of deja vu. They got beat in the first round against South Lake in a shootout, and that was their motivation. They went undefeated last year, didn't lose no games in regulation, the worst and got beat in the shootout. This year they come back around. They cruised through District Six Six A. Some of the best teams in the state. They dominated them, mm -hmm. raised their game when they had to. Shout out to. Coach Kobe Peak first year had all these expectations and he delivered better than you could. The only thing he could have did better was get a state title. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 
honestly watching them play McKinney and just seeing the talent they had, you know, David Ortiz, just the talent they had on the field. David Ortiz. And, yeah, David Ortiz, <laughs> David Ortiz, Evan Connor, yep. Adrian Cordy, and Roberto Gonzalez Gutierrez are all coming back yep. from a team that had like 10 or 11 um, mm-hmm. seniors that have been, been together from day one. Yep. That court with Jack Monty and um, I just goes Tanya Bennett and their um, goalie. He was the man. Now, are they going to be able to reload next year? Uh, It'd be a different, it's going to be different cast of characters with the same principles, but their their JV just dominated too. One thing a lot of people don't know, unless you really follow soccer, is Boyd's been one of the top five teams in the nation the last two years. Give or take from one to like three or four, but they've been perennially ranked in the top four in the nation, not just the state. The only thing they need to crown that program is that title that's kind of been slipping through their hands. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of the feeling that I got just from this postseason. I watched them play and watching them play in, in 66A all year. It was, you know, you really felt like they had a shot to, to go all the way and finally kind of kind of, kind of burst that bubble. Well, besides talent, they had um, mental fortitude. Yeah. When it came back around this year, they played South Lake again in a shootout, but this time it was in their backyard. And Chase Coy, he took the loss personal, giving up those three goals last year. This time it was one for one for four. He shut down three off. Wow. Yeah, and I, like they, they rode that emotional wave all the way to the regional final until the windstorm shut it down. Yeah, seems like they're on the doorstep. So, so we'll see. You play that game in West Texas. Irving against McKinney Boyd, and you play it in Dayton. Yeah. All right, Brian, well, uh, you've uh, talked a little bit about Frisco. Where else do you want to go? So you mentioned how Boyd couldn't get over the hump this past year. A team that did is Prosper Volleyball. You know, they had won a state title. They'd come knocking. They'd been close. They'd been state-ranked. You know, one of the best teams in the state over the last few years. They finally get it done. They only lose three sets total in the playoffs. Wow. Two of them came in that final game when they had to come yeah, back and, right. and win three sets to two. And, you know, they had, they had a nice senior class graduate, so – and then also their last year in 5A, so it was like not saying they won't, they can't repeat. In 6A. I think they will compete at, at least in 9-6A, at least in sure, district play sure, for sure. They'll be able to compete, but you know they won't be a state title yeah. favorite like they were in 5A. Oh no, the, the, so, the, the, that would be Hebron, the three-time sure. defending state <laughs> champion, right. who bring their whole roster except for two girls back. Man, yeah, that's insane. And I saw Hebron play a little bit after. They're phenomenal. That, that ball does not touch the ground. Yeah, I saw Hebron play in the state championship game after playing, uh, Prosper won their game. You know, I was writing my story, kind of peeking up a little bit, and man, Hebron was by far the best volleyball team I've ever seen, and I just. <laughs> Saw them play maybe two sets, <laughs> but yeah. And last year was a reloading year. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but back to Prosper, you know they easily win. You know best team there. You know you could pick. You know almost any Prosper team for best team. You know baseball almost made it to state. Prosper football. You know soccer. You know girls soccer, boys soccer, all the above. Softball was undefeated. You know in, in district play. Salina football is always a powerhouse, but you know you got to go with Prosper volleyball for for going all the way and and getting over the hump. Yeah, Prosper is definitely another one of those, like you mentioned, just where it it literally could have gone mm-hmm. anyway. Because I think they were probably the definition of a five A school that was ready to move up. I for mean, sure. they were just so dominant that it that it wasn't even fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, I guess for but, but the thing is, though, people say that about basically they're a six A playing five A, but nobody says nothing. Oh, Allen does this, Allen does right. that. It's the biggest school in the state. What yeah. you expect? Yeah, like they. Just roll out. They're going to the playoffs in any team sport. Well, yeah. I mean, when you have almost, yeah, I think 60, almost sixty five hundred kids now. And then I mean, when it's like Boyd and McKinney, they're three thousand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like Allen, like, the Plano it's, schools. It's not, that's huge, not fair fight. Huge, huge drop off. Yeah. Um, I guess I will go from uh, your school that finally got over the hump and Prosper Volleyball to a. 
a team that, that got over a, a much smaller hump, let's put it that way, but in Lake Dallas Boys Soccer, that was my pick for uh, Lake Cities, for Lake Dallas as the best team, and I picked them because um, they, they kind of had a perfect storm of a year, at least for them, in that they got their first playoff win ever, um, and it, you know that in itself was a huge accomplishment for a team that you know was kind of right on the cusp, had made the 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 postseason and bowed out in the by district round, just hadn't quite gotten there. And I think this year was it all just kind of came together a little bit. They had a co district MVP Blake Henson who will leave now. Um, they had several really really talented seniors. They had Caleb Irving and Net uh, who will return actually, um, I believe, as a junior. So. Um, they have a little bit of talent coming back, but I think this year was just a really special year for, for their program. Uh, I think they were talented pretty much up and down the lineup. Um, like I said, they got that, that by district win over Frisco Lone Star uh, and, and gave uh, Lovejoy a run, for, a run for its money in the next round. It was a, a much tighter game than I anticipated because I covered both of those games, and, and Lovejoy literally needed a, um, a last-minute goal in regulation, literally last-minute. Uh, and then uh, an overtime goal to uh, to move on and dispatch Lake Dallas. So that team was the real deal. I think a lot of people had them kind of written off as, you know, like you always do when, you know, okay, they made the playoffs, mm-hmm. but they're, they've never been able to get over the pump. They've never been able to even win a postseason game. Uh, so for them to come out and, and kind of finally get that monkey off their back and get a little bit of momentum, um, the talent level I think definitely helped because I think they were one of the more um, underrated teams, I guess, or, or mm-hmm. sneakily talented, I guess you could say, um, in the area. So they were they were the real deal, and, and I think that you know their second round appearance, um, obviously the best season they've ever had, but I think you know was beyond uh, expectations, and, and uh, you know just a, a fantastic year for that program. So um, they got my nod. Uh, I think uh, Matt went with Lake Dallas football. Obviously, another really really solid mm-hmm. program. Lake Dallas baseball had a really good year. Uh, making the playoffs, bowing out to Frisco Reedy in the first round, but they had a solid year behind uh, Mason Meeks, Ryan Depperschmidt, who will be back. Mm-hmm. Um, some really talented players yeah. there too. So shout out to Mason Meeks. Yeah, all the guy that all yeah. he did is win the game. People are like he's not that good. He yeah. only throws eighty five. He's only got getting that W last year. Yeah, <laughs> yep. he even uh, yeah. I guess you want to just touch on Lake Dallas baseball for for a minute. They you know took down Prosper and District, no small part thanks to Mason Meeks and, and a couple other arms that game. Um, runner up to Prosper, who you know was just another mm-hmm. one of those teams yeah. from Prosper who was just dominant and, and pretty tough to, to tough to beat. So the fact that they beat them once was was pretty nice. And then um, yeah, just making the playoffs and, and taking uh, Reedy three games, but solid seasons um, from football. Baseball, some other programs. Girls basketball made the playoffs, even though they had that, <laughs> that big loss we talked about. But I'm going to give the nod for best team to uh, Lake Dallas Boys Soccer. So and Lake Dallas beating Lone Star in soccer in the first round—that was no easy feat. And yeah, Lone Star, they were good too. You know, very similar situation too with their yeah. soccer programs. Both kind of looking for that. I think both looking for the first playoff victory. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Lone Star has one either. So, but you know, that Frisco district in soccer is ridiculous. All yeah. the coaches will tell you that that's the toughest soccer district in the state. You know, it produces state champions. It has produced state champion the last two years and Lone Star they finished ahead of Wakeland in the standings yep. and they had the second most goals in the yeah. district yeah they were no Reed, joke which is which is crazy that that's, you know, yeah and then Lake, uh, Lake Dallas beats them in the first round yeah so. that's kind of what I was talking about with Lake Dallas I think everybody kind of you know it, it, you don't prove yourself until you prove yourself I know that's that's a silly thing to say but nobody's going to take you seriously mm-hmm. until you start actually doing things and making a little noise and getting some playoff wins so maybe you know this momentum kind of carry Lake Dallas a little bit into the future even though they're losing some some pretty serious top end talent so I guess we'll go back over to you I think you have one more don't you a team that isn't losing top end talent <laughs> right is the little um, boys basketball team uh, with you know RJ Hampton I feel like I say his name on every podcast 
I'm not trying to be a homer here, but you know, <laughs> little, the Little Elm boys basketball team was by far the best team in Little Elm. Uh, they finished 13-1. and Their only loss was to Prosper. They shared the district crown with Prosper. The only team that Prosper, you know, didn't uh, – their only district championship for Little Elm, the only one that Prosper didn't win outright. Um, yeah. RJ will do that for you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, top three player in the nation right now. Uh, and a little teaser, I'll actually have a story on, on RJ <laughs> you know, winning the gold medal a couple weeks ago in Argentina and just, you know, how his summer's going. I know he's all over the place with – you know, all the NBA camps, future NBA player right there, RJ Hampton. I'll, that story will be in this Friday's paper. But, yeah, the Little Elm boys basketball team by far um, the best team in, in Little Elm. And they have some players coming back, some familiar faces, and then uh, some some unfamiliar faces uh, making their way to Little Elm. So that, that, that'll be for a, a future podcast. We'll <laughs> talk about that then. But they should be locked and loaded for a, for another big year next year. Cool. I guess we'll wrap it up with my selection uh, for Plano. Another another school where it was kind of tough to, to pick a, uh, a best team. Obviously, the girls' basketball team uh, went in one state and had a, a tremendous season. Uh, the girls' track team, I believe, got fifth at state, which was a, a great mm-hmm. finish uh, for them. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, the team I covered the most out of, out of the Plano teams in softball. Um, and the reason that I'm going to go with softball, one, they tied their best season ever. Um, they made the state semifinals where they lost to a task uh, this year, but like I said, tied for their, their best season ever. And, and I think the thing that, that stands out for me about how they did it is, you know, for lack of a better word, how they did it. They overcame an injury to uh, Bronte Roden, uh, who we would come to find out couldn't pitch in the postseason. Um, they were essentially telling, um, you know, us and, and everybody else to kind of keep it hidden that, you know, they were resting her and saving her for certain games, but couldn't find out she had an injury that was preventing her from, from pitching. So they had to go with uh, sophomore um, Audrey McNeil and... Uh, she just, you know, took over, and and I, I mentioned her as my uh, breakthrough athlete on one of these. Uh, I don't remember. Did we do that for the podcast? We did, I believe. Yeah, did. Uh, so I mentioned her for for that, but I want to mention her again, just as as part of this best uh, best team discussion, because um, the way that that she stepped in and took over in the circle, and, and the way that you know the team as a whole kind of rallied around and, and was cohesive throughout the postseason, uh, beat Keller. Uh, which was a hump that, that PISD schools mm-hmm. couldn't get over. Uh, Keller took down East and West last season when both of those teams looked like potential state contenders. Um, so for Plano to go in, and I, I believe Matt was talking to somebody associated with Keller that covers Keller, and, and they said that was the best team Keller's had in a while. Um, so for Plano to go and, and, and beat them and make the state semifinal, uh, it was a really, really solid year. Uh, like I said, tied for their best ever at, at Plano softball, and just the way they did it, um, a real team vibe, a really good energy around mm-hmm. that team whenever you covered them. Very excited, um, very positive, and, and it carried over into uh, a tremendous performance. So, Kendrick, how close was McKinney football to getting the best team in McKinney in your guys? They they were the story of the year. They nobody picked them to, to do what mm-hmm. they did, but um, the, the, the 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 second team for had to be McKinney North. Two time they were two time defending state uh, track team. They just like, hey, we're just going to see what happened. And they almost got a, a third state title by default. Right. Going against a Man, uh, Mansfield uh, Lake Ridge team that's like a prosper that was a 6 8. They're 6 8 now. <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> Going against 5 8. So technically, they had the best 5 8 talent. Mm-hmm. It, but um, um, they do a good job over there in their track program. Coach Richards and them have everybody going. And then you have London Colbert. 55 URL races with cross country and, and track combined. 55 W's and three state titles. That's crazy. <laughs> I think you, you and she got two more years left. <laughs> yeah, I think you probably made the best choice for for best team though. When I looked at that category, it was 
it was you know pound for pound what I thought just the kind of the the best team or the most dominant team or the most talented team or whatever the case may be. And I think Boyd Soccer, Boyd Boyd Soccer was you know far and away you know the best overall product and overall team and in that city this year for sure so I guess that'll just about do it Uh, that'll wrap our varsity discussion that'll wrap our uh, discussion of best team Uh, so uh, that's us signing off not Matt well this will be me signing off this week it's a good feeling Um, so we will uh, be back on Thursday you guys have a good uh, start to your week and we hope to see you then looking to hire top talent in your community look no further than starlocaljobs.com Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.